2: Good evening and welcome to our front. My name is Raymond D'Acqua. Tonight, my guest in studio is a security expert. You should know him. He has penned out a skating assessment of management of the Akosombo dam pillage disaster, emphasizing its impact on Ghana's national security and human security. It also criticizes the government's lack of preparedness and highlights the dedication of society in relief efforts. Now, the recommendations proposed a comprehensive or comprehensive measures to safeguard the dam's integrity, mitigate socioeconomic consequences, and address climate change impacts. This is the premise for our big question tonight, which is the assessment of Ghana's preparedness and management systems for disaster, gleaning from the Akosombo Dam spillage example. He's joining me, whatever competence as you know him to be, kennel Festus about I hope you are doing what say. It's been a long time since we met and uh, I didn't know that you were uh, spending quality time uh, putting pen to paper yeah. and writing a lot of good things on paper. I'll be coming back to you. Also be joining us in this conversation is another expert in this area. He is the president of the Institute for Security Disaster and also Emergency Studies, Dr. Ishma Norman. We shall later on also be joined by a member of parliament for one of the hardest hit areas when it comes to the Akosobodau spillage. That is the member of parliament for Nocturne, Samuel Okujatoa Blackwa. Gentlemen, you're welcome once again. Thanks for having me. Let me start in studio because this is perhaps your instigation for a conversation. Indeed, when we, when we, when we had Ebola, mm-hmm. We formed a national emergency preparedness, and there was another time they put in the middle team. We set up a center, all geared towards one point, to make sure that if touch wood, anything happens in the Republic of Ghana, we can respond quickly, we can react properly, can save lives and property, and show that we are a progressive society. Your report, however, highlights the government's lack of preparedness and specific oversights in dam management leading to the disaster. Can you provide more details on these shortcomings and elaborate how diligence <clears throat> and attention to detail could have averted what is known now as the Akosumbo Dam spillage?
3: But once again, thanks for, for having me. Now, let me explain that it's not a scathing report.
4: <laughs> um,
3: as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. it's a critique okay. of how we managed, you know, the, the spillage. And that means doing all the monitoring of the build-up of water behind the dam, mm. taking the decisive decision as to spill or not to spill, when to spill and making sure that if we spill the water, that we had managed its impact uh, downstream. Now, my sense is that to a very large extent, we are not prepared. And indeed, if you go back to this center that you mentioned,
2: mm-hmm.
3: probably it's been virtually dismantled, except that the COVID levy is okay. still in place. Okay. But as to using that center as a platform for monitoring the imminence of national disasters. I don't think that was the case with the Akoso border.
2: Now, it appeared to many mm. that it took radio and TV broadcasts mm. to draw national attention to the level of devastation mm-hmm. on the ground. Not necessarily because mm. our state officials had mm. monitored; they were keenly on the ground mm. and knew for themselves what was they were to expect mm. and what had happened subsequently. In fact, scope and conversations about how devastating this was going to be were still being hard days mm. into the incident happening. Yes, I- indeed,
3: as you would have noticed in my paper, uh-huh. I've tried to acknowledge the role that the private sector, the media, um, the industrial sector, um, and other segments of society That's played. True. Now that media role, which I think I've outlined in four areas, yeah. one, to sensitize, two, to educate, three, to use their platform to mobilize mm you know, Ghanaians to assist. And four, some media houses specifically using their own resources to try and mitigate the impact. Now, all of this that I've mentioned should have been the responsibility of the government, of the state, who should have been at the center trying to coordinate and bringing on board a number of stakeholders. Now, let us understand that when disasters happen, citizens in every country expect their governments to come to their aid. Because those 40,000 individuals, families and so on, will be overwhelmed. They have been displaced. They don't have access to their farms, their livelihoods, their health centers have been submerged. You know, they need that state, that government, to come in. And you see clearly that the government was not ready. Now, if you want to assess whether the government is ready or not, you need to look at other parameters. Okay. Now, for instance, we recall that Gmet and were exchanging blows, trying to, you know, pass the buck as to who was responsible or who gave for not
2: giving, test.
3: yes, not giving, you know, dependable weather forecast. That meant that they were not ready. You see That is one. There was also what we call the simulation exercise. Now, that simulation exercise covered only 33% of the districts. That's three out of nine. And remember, a simulation exercise does not bring the 40,000 people around the table in that exercise. It's only a few uh, stakeholders, right? The estimate that Nadmo made, for instance, was that only 10,000 people were going to be displaced. Now we ended up with 40,000 yeah that meant that the risk assessment was woefully inadequate now next when ministers of state they didn't have that they, they did they call the safe havens, Now the state was not, yet not going, yet they, said that they, had they had organized a simulation exercise which involved NADBO, VRA, Ghana forces, uh, Ghana prisons, Ghana police, National Health Service and so on,
2: and then the American
3: coastal, uh, Coast Guard or whatever. It is. But that is not the point. The point is that before you declare the evacuation, you should have positioned all of these assets in place to assist with the evacuation. The Ghana Armed Forces, for instance, should have deployed helicopters. That's the Air Force. The Navy should have been ready with their boats, you know, on the river. The engineers should have deployed from Accra to the impact area. Now, we know that these assets were not in place. Lastly, when you say this multimedia facility is is a safe haven, What does it mean? It means that you have also prepared this position to make it habitable, not as comfortable as you have in your homes. But they chose just classrooms. Yes, but beds, tents, water, sanitation, food, health facilities must all be ready when the people come there. Now, these things were not in place, Uh simply because Nadmo himself had admitted that he didn't have resources. Yeah. Until today, Nadmo hasn't got anything. In fact, if I want to summarize, since 30th of October and since all the promises by government, nothing has happened. In fact, to my reckoning, the only money that has come from government and government officials is the 160000 that the vice president donated from his pocket. The 20 or so thousand that I think uh, I know mesa. Some bags of cement. I think um, the Winiva gentleman. What's his name? Uh, Alex. Yes. That is all. The forty million from a Greek Ida has not landed. The two hundred and twenty million in the budget has not happened. You see what I mean? Now, probably what VRA suggested, the six million that increased to nine million and said that it was prepared to spend 20 million. Yeah. Now, VRA has not come back to tell us how much is spent. And yesterday when I talked to the Honorable who is coming on your show, nothing is happening in the area. And I started by saying that when disasters happen, the people, the population impacted will be overwhelmed. So they look to their governments to come and assist them. And that is why we have governments. Indeed, when you mention national security, I want to use this platform to disabuse our minds. National security is not about guns. It boils down; it narrows down to the security of human beings. Okay, so it's not the guys who have the no, no, no. no. Come and pick it, it's never dance. about AK forty seven. the guys fighting and, and, no, no, terrorism. No, no. Uh, uh, That's the military on the high defense. All the, oh, the other. See. Guns that what we call the gosh. traditional notions of security. Oh, okay. But these days, we talk about non-traditional. Mm. So pandemics, for instance, is a non-traditional threat. You cannot fight pandemics with guns and ammunition, as you know. Yeah, that's true. If there is an earthquake, which is a threat to national security, which impacts the population and the infrastructure, you cannot fight it with guns and ammunition. Yeah, that's true. So we need to change our whole mindset to realize that there are other threats. This is Hmm. Akosombo, seismic-wise, has a moderate level of risk. Moderate. Moderate. Wager is high risk. Uh That any time one of these tremors will collapse wager, now ask ourselves how well are we as a people, as a society, and our government, how well are we prepared? We with that. Well, especially Akosombo, Yeah, because that's a serious matter. Because Akosombo provides roughly about 40% of the energy that we need. Mm. It is only that, for some political reasons, somebody has decided that Akosombo must not provide the 40 and must allow the thermal generators, the IPP, whatever, also be propped up. Now, tell me, if you have sources of energy in your house, which one do you use? Cheapest. You use people. the cheapest yeah. until you've exhausted it. And hydrogen. Until the Akosombo has yeah. dropped to 240 feet, then we know that we cannot generate power. That's so awesome. then we look to the thermal. Now, one reason why the Akosombo build up happened, anecdotally, was that only two turbines were running. Contrary to what GMET was forecasting, that the rainfall pattern was unusual. Bagray was added to that. You see what I mean. I so you. we should have used, if you like, four turbines to allow more of the water to go. We didn't do that. We were saving the water, only God knows for what. Now you know that having depended on the thermal, we can't pay. Oh yes, that's, that's, that's what I that's mean. mean. That's serious, because you use only two turbines, huh. and the water builder almost collapsed down. It was wobbling. So I, I don't know. I mean, do you need to be a rocket scientist, PhD, plus, 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 to know these things? You don't need to. Is what I mean? Mm.
2: So I, we, 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 the whole. I thing consider is, we're not ready. Introductory comments. I'll come to you. We will explore this further. I need to rather bring in um, uh, Dr. Isman Norman. A rather fascinating outline of what got us here in the first place. What do you think about the very proposal, the very thoughts and the assessment of the situation as put out by the ever-distinguished Colonel?
4: Yeah, thank you very much, Raymond. Hi, Colonel uh, Uh, Borgi. How are you today? Fine. Um, I I think he's done a good job of providing us with a good narrative of what has happened. Uh, with respect to the accostumbo spillage. Um, So it's good that we have a document that we can all refer to. Now,
1: don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
0: If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up.
1: Comenzará en tu mente ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? ¿Ya estás preparado Para vivir Tu nueva aventura Nueva RAM 1500 Hecha para vivir RAM es una marca registrada de FCI USLLC The
4: cross of the matter is simply this Ghana cannot Be ever be prepared for emergency intervention if the personnel that are supposed to do the interventions are not properly trained and they don't understand the nitty-gritty of emergency intervention. That, I think, is basically what our dear colonel is talking about that yes, they got all the personnel, they got the various stakeholders, they even did simulation exercise, but when, as we said, when the thing hit the fan, they just didn't know what to do because they don't have the skills to do that. And that is a problem where government is appointing presidents, are uh, appointing people who have no clue about a disaster emergency to run institutions like NADMO. And when disasters happen, they go to the internet to see if there's something they can learn from so that they can use. But at that moment, it's,
2: it's too late. late
4: to do that. So that's basically what is happening. We don't take disaster management seriously, and government itself doesn't take Disaster intervention, disaster response, seriously, as some of the narrative that Ken has provided, promises are are never kept when it comes to disaster emergency intervention. So, we are always going to be singing songs like this after every major disaster emergency in this country, until government changes its approach, hires competent people, not because they are party boys and girls, but people who have the competency to do the job, people who understand what disaster is, what humanitarian intervention is, all the things that one has to do when there is an emergency. Government has to move away from party, job for the party. NADMU has over 10,000 employees. Less than 5% of them are properly trained for emergency intervention. As for VRA, they are engineers, water engineers, dam engineers, you don't expect them to understand too much about disaster intervention, ev- evacuation, resettlement, all of that. So they will do what they know best, protect the dam. But when it comes to the human part, as Colonel is saying, the human security part, they will fail miserably, as
2: we have seen in the Akosombo Dam spillage. I need to make this uh, additional request of you you just said that only 5% of the staff, you mentioned up to 10,000 or so, uh, yeah, 10, not not staff are trained. Where is this sourced? Who is actually the source of this? Because it sounds very alarming. Because that's one of our yeah. lead coordinating institutions for managing disaster in the Republic of Ghana. And in fact, they, 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 they have allocations for budgets we have been given the impression that they were absolutely in charge of every coordination required on the ground when the Akosuboda spillage happened. Is it not always criminal not to not be prepared and be qualified to do that job?
4: No, they were not. And when you do simulation exercise, people come and be part of the show. They get certain allowance, they get, you know, uh, a day out of, out of the office, they will come. But in terms of understanding what is really going on, they don't. The problem really starts from here. When you have a CEO who doesn't understand the job he's supposed to be doing or doesn't understand the benefit of education, that CEO will never have the people trained. Some of the institutions in Ghana, critical institutions, are running the country as if we are in the analog world. But we are in the Android world where things move very, very fast, and they don't want their staff to be trained. It is not just in NADMO. Ask NADMO CEO, how many of the people working for it have been this year or the past four years, five years, seven years it's been there, how many of them have been trained in emergency, the various aspects of emergency intervention, epidemiology, how many of them, Uh evacuation, how many of them? They don't have the specialized skills because if you have a CEO who doesn't understand the whole gamut of the skills need of the organization, they are not going to train them. It happens not just in Nandbo. It happens in the police force, in the army. It happens in many institutions in Ghana. And these are the critical institutions we need for them to be prepared, for them to be properly trained so that when there is emergency, they can apply the skills they have. Experientially, they don't even get the opportunity expi- experientially to learn on the job. So we have a nation that pretends to be doing everything right. You pack all the party boys into a, an organization and you leave them there. Some of them sit at the desk. They only do their internet um, um, survey. They don't learn anything. They don't have computers. They don't have laptops. A tabletop they don't even have a desk they page with other people how do you expect them they don't assign them any duties they are just there and they collect their salaries and at the end of the month they are paid so this is a national problem not just in Nadmo it is everywhere you look into any institution go to the ministries, and you see people just simply browsing the whole day and they go home and they collect their salary at the end of the month
2: i i am quite puzzled by this particular revelation but i need to come back in studio it brings to uh, some understanding the point you have just outlined about whether or not we had the men on the ground and we were qualified they we knew their jobs and they actually did what we we're supposed to do or did you we really resource them enough because if the untrained person is on the ground. That means the person is not properly resourced. How did we come up with such a system? Because when we're discussing these matters pre or during Ebola, we were absolutely convinced that we are putting in place one of the best systems in this sub-region. How come we are now basically having to face not only last year's disaster, but subsequent ones into the future with such a magnitude of unpreparedness. I think it's a syndrome,
3: if I may call it that way, it's a syndrome of taking your eye off the ball. Because in doing the research for this paper, I went to the NADMO website okay. looking for pertinent information. Now they've got a page that they call Ghana's Risk Profile. Okay. They have listed or outlined a number of risks that we face as a country. Flooding is one, for instance. Earthquake is there. Fire outbreaks, whatever it is. But when you want content on each of these risks, they don't exist. Oh, really? After making a couple of calls, I was told bluntly that, look, we don't have the resources. So the IT department is not even well-resourced. To bring or to populate the the Nadmo's uh, outfit—that is one. Off, off, off record. Not off record. I mean, anecdotally. Yeah. Nadmo hasn't got stocks of essential or critical um, items. It doesn't have. And the impression I got was that, in between disasters, some of these items disappear. So if you stock Holy tanks, for instance, okay. you stock buckets, you stock blankets, you stock whatever it is. Over time, they disappear. So there is a question of trust deficit mm-hmm. that you don't have to you know, properly resource NADMO until the need arises. Until there is a disaster. Until there is a disaster. And that will be too late. You say it. Especially we didn't know that we were going to be in this economic crunch. Okay. And as I've indicated, of all the monies that have been mentioned, coming from government, from education, from finance minister, from a Greek minister, not, not a Peshwa, as we speak, has landed in the impact area. So I'm very sure, in fact, I'm told that VRA has packed, you know, it's uh, whatever it is, and disengaged. Because as Dr. Norman said, their business is actually not disaster management. Uh Their business is the management of the dam. They only came in because when they spilled, it impacted the population and they had this reserve, 20 million, that they thought they should use. So we need as a people to be very, very serious. See, disasters and accidents do not announce themselves when they are coming. You wake up and there is a disaster. But even if you cannot tackle all disasters, you prioritize. Since Akosombo Dam, uh, let's assume, God forbid, that the Akosombo Dam had, you know, uh, crumbled down. Do you know the impact? The dam itself. The dam itself. Now, that 40% electricity, to start with, is gone. It's off. So you can imagine that. There would have been a, a lot of doom. Yeah. Secondly, and we have scholars, Ghanaian scholars, who have done their research from UST, I think, yeah. and so on, hydrologists and water management, whatever it is. Now, the Akosombo Dam itself is one of the reasons why the Angla-Keta area is being flooded. It's not only climate change. Mm. When the dam was constructed, the volume of water entering the sea reduced. Yeah. And then it veered eastwards towards Aplau into Benin. Okay. And that, in that process, the barrier that had formed the Keta Lagoon, which goes into Togo, is being washed away, virtually gone. You uh-huh. see what I mean? Now, if this volume of water had entered the sea, now, Tema, as we speak, wouldn't have been there. Parts of Accra would have been flooded. Okay. Then, of course, going eastward, Keta would have been washed away, complete. So we need, as a people, to recognize what some of these risks are and prioritize and make sure that we keep our eye on the ball and work with VRA, NADMO, and other, as I've said, Cape, Cape University, I think, has a faculty, you know, this WACA thing that we talked okay. about, you know. We, we're not, I, I don't know. The The nature of our politics is that the politics we are doing is just what will keep us in power, not what will actually keep Ghana afloat mm. and keep all our assets intact. And it's very, very very I mean very alarming. I have stated in the paper when the government said oh, we have formed the Interministerial Committee yeah. as part of the preparedness, when the simulation exercise was done in May. It should have involved government. I mean, government, i.e., as yes. finance and whatever it is. The relevant. Now, before, before 15, uh, sorry, 15 September, when the spillage started, that was when the interministerial committee should have been involved. Not in October. Oh, okay. Not the president's visit, which was delayed to well, well, so. announce And not when, in the president's absence, the vice didn't even visit. I mean, if you read the paper, it's very, very clear that the government had disengaged before it happened, during, you know, um, the flooding and after the early stages in this case. The early stages during, I mean, was it not during the early stage, I mean, during the impact that a certain minister was blaming the citizens? That's true. I see it is very easy to pack your
2: things and leave your house. Huh? It's not as simple as that. we forewarn them and uh, he doesn't get what we But the
3: whole idea, one of the concepts that I have mentioned is this, but I didn't mention it, but I wrote about it, what we call the politics of disaster. Okay. And that's what I have mentioned. If this place is on fire, you expect Ghana National Fire Service to come to your aid, yes, and the earliest is what I mean. Yes. Because you don't have the resources to quench this fire that is engulfing uh, multimedia. That's true. If you look at the scale, 40,000 people, you look at six districts, actually nine districts affected. And I stated in my paper that I was only focusing on downstream. OK. We have not even gone upstream pro- as another- far as Afram yeah. plains and so on. Huh. So downstream here, all the way across Ogakope. A lot of disasters had happened. And we are looking at it as if nothing has happened. We have not, you know, accorded adequate priority to
2: this disaster. I mean, in order to speed up the recovery. In all fairness, promises were made right from the executive president of the republic through to VRA, through to even the the finance minister making a huge budget allocation within the budget. The government said there is no
3: money, Uh for instance. And we need to be very blunt. The monies that we took from the consolidated fund, where did it come from? Of course, I. So you expect that in an emergency, you want to put your hand into any monies that you have. Mm -hmm. And the consolidated fund probably is the first port of.
1: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.
0: Escuchas
5: ese rugido Sientes la experiencia de poder La emoción de la libertad Ya estás preparado Para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram
1: 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC
5: oh, yeah.
3: To take money from there In order to try and address You know the impact Minimize it, mitigate it And then speed up the recovery As we speak And in my paper I've indicated that Let's say 75% or so of those who were displaced were actually accommodated by family members. So we're only talking about about 7,000 people who were actually living at the safe havens. And even the 7,000, we couldn't give them water, we couldn't give them food. You remember the story about somebody who was given five kilos of rice and a bottle of oil and there was no expectation as to when you know, they were going to get more. Uh-huh. St. Kizito is still occupied. You see it? I mean, if you, you, you read the paper, you analyze all the factors. I don't think this is how a country has to behave. You see what I mean? Because that part of Ghana is also part of Ghana. The asset involved... One reason why the people had not actually moved, those who were engulfed, is that from 1965, some of those who were originally designated to move, had moved to new areas. But this village went to those new areas. Before we talk about those who had encroached, okay. gone closer to the river because of what we call the riparian um, you know, livelihood, fishing close Water. to the river. But it is not everybody who is where they are who had not been resettled. Again, I came across this information that somewhere around 2021, I think it was a deputy minister, Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Honorable Ejakpa Mesa, who said that government was considering terminating or bringing to a halt the resettlement fund. And I have suggested that this is not the time to halt it, but there is a time to actually put more money inside. Into that fund. Now, the VRS resettlement fund itself, I think, has been depleted. It's mm. not been paid for about three to five years. You see? So you put all the indices together as a state we're not ready for this disaster.
2: And I think we need to learn serious lessons. At the bottom of this, is it because of our current financial problems? Because some have referenced that. That because we have difficult financial situation, we are not spreading money to relevant state agencies the it, it, way we should it be doing out. It is not only that. Can, we, can government be excused on that basis? No. It's not only that. There's something we
3: call institutional memory. The way and manner in which you go about doing your business here. Hmm. You know some of these equipment, how, yeah. how old they are. You yeah. know certain cables that you need to tap before they That's start right. functioning. Yeah. Now, the closures that we water level was about the same as last year, 277.5, just 0.5 share of the 278. But in 2010, the impact was minimal. Now, when I put this paper on LinkedIn and shared it via WhatsApp, I got three individuals who brought me more documents. Now, one of them said that in 2010, as a matter of what we call drills, today we say there are protocols. Yeah. In 2010, before Akosombo was spilled, DRA spilled pond first and brought the level of water in palm down by one meter before it opened Akosombo. Okay. Okay. So it's like a bucket, a bigger bucket, going to oh, overflow into a smaller one. You try to deplete, empty that smaller bucket so that there will be more space to fill this yeah. one. Now, I'm asking. Where is this trail, this protocol, this procedure? Where uh, is it why documented? Was it not
2: used in this?
3: Why was it practice? not used? So, before 15 September, what VRA should have done was to try and reduce mm-hmm. pump. Is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Then there's what, what you asked me to talk about, um, maybe we'll come to that. The ecosystems, yeah. the mangroves, the coral reefs the sand barriers, the this and that. Because the speed of water entering the ocean has reduced, more sand has been washed into the delta or the estuary of the Volta and blocked the way. So even when the water was being spilled, you couldn't find an exit. But in 2010, they dredged the Volta before the Akosombo Dam was spilled. Now, where is this body of knowledge? Who should have been documented as what we call in the um, drills. Step one, dredge. Yeah. Step two, spill, uh, sorry, pond, pond down. Down. Step three, spill um, Akosumbu. If we had even followed that, we would have minimized the impact. But none of this happened. So it's not only about, about resources. This one is about information, data that we should have collected that we should have fed into the simulation for instance, to save
2: lives. I'm hoping to bring in the Member of Parliament for North Thorn to this conversation because he has a live experience of what this happened and how he had to be there battling. And he's still currently battling some of the issues. Mm. Yes, so I understand that uh, the Member of Parliament for North Thorn is already with us, ranking member on the Foreign Affairs Committee of Parliament. Honorable Samuel Okuja Tablaka, you're welcome to our front. Yes, yeah,
5: thank you very much, Raymond.
2: If you read this report, it's pretty damning, even though the author would like to use nicer words. It shows that we're absolutely unprepared to actually deal with the problem from the beginning and have been equally laxed in our response in ways that are almost problematic to even the least perceptive observer. Is this something that you, who has been on the ground, can endorse as a reality And a picture painted of what really happened and what is currently still happening.
5: Well, thank you very much, Raymond. And uh, let me use this opportunity to commend Colonel Festo Sabuaji for this very seminal paper. It is elucidating and it is absolutely. Impressive in terms of the the quality of the research, uh, the factual basis, and the conclusions that he reaches. And being on the ground, I can confirm to you, Raymond, that uh, the author has really served our country well by this 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 publication. And this material I must place on record has come at an opportune time because remember that the Speaker of Parliament has ruled that we need to have a parliamentary inquiry mm. into 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 the spillage. And so it will serve as very good material for that inquiry. Your summary of the report is also apt. And uh, Raymond, it is... Very clear that we did not prepare as a country uh, for this, despite all the highfalutin claims. Key stakeholders were not engaged. I have said time without number uh, that as a member of parliament for the area, I had no uh, uh, engagement whatsoever. I was not invited with, uh, I mean, to have any meeting with the VRA. We were not told what to do, how. Uh, to uh, evacuate our people. Uh, then, when uh, the floodgates were opened, uh, the people were left on their own. Uh, it was many days thereafter, as the author has accurately captured, that uh, the military and NADMO uh, and others were, were deployed. Uh, so it remains a miracle that uh, this didn't cause much murder. But we know of the devastation. Even as we speak now, the response rate has been almost non existent. And it has had to take private initiatives. The member of parliament, we are the ones constructing houses for the displaced people. Government is not on the ground. We are not feeling their presence. Not a single housing unit has been started. And that is what is urgently needed at this point. As I speak to you, thousands remain in classrooms, congested classrooms. How long are they going to stay in these classrooms? It's been it's been more than four months already, and there is no clear plan on how to resettle people who have lost their homes. According to Madmo, more than 1,500 houses have been totally damaged. And what this means is that as long as these displaced persons continue to stay in the classrooms. Children are displaced twice, from their homes and from their school. Mm. So we are now depending on UNICEF, USAID, the US Embassy, to bring us uh, learning tents uh, where children have to move from under the trees to these tents uh, for teaching and learning to be done. So uh, it's it's a very timely. Uh, 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 paper and uh, I hope that it draws attention to our plight so that all those who are sleeping will wake up and come to uh, the rescue of thousands of people who are, who are in devastation and who are bearing the brunt for this village which is really of uh, no fault of the victims.
2: The other interesting point, though, I mean, you say there's a probe that's been ordered by the Speaker, and uh, that's supposed to be happening in Parliament. And you also say that the urgent need right now is the relocation from these shelters that were immediately and uh, primarily provided to be the temporary hold for the people who have been displaced. Over a 1,000, you insist, they are government promises. Of course, the bigger budgetary one, some may say, might be early days yet. government promises specifically in terms of amounts that various government institutions and individuals said we're going to provide is there evidence of that on the ground
5: there is no evidence of that and the author is right when the author traces and does not see the evidence on the ground Uh, i can provide a list of some of them for example the minister for food and agriculture promised that farmers will benefit from a $40 million World Bank uh, intervention. That is yet to materialize. I don't think the Agri Minister has even visited us yet. Uh, meanwhile, as we speak, uh, that is one of the key uh, breadbasket, or what? Because uh, a lot of farms have been submerged. Uh, food security is going to be affected. Uh, that is the haven for rice farming, as you know. As rice is there. Unfortunately, available rice has collapsed. The small-scale rice farmers have had their uh, irrigation pumps damaged because the irrigation pumps were submerged. Uh, So you need millions of Ghana cities uh, to have these machines uh, either uh, reconfigured or replaced. Uh, Help has not come apart from that promise that came from the Ministry of Food and Agriculture. Uh, Then there was a promise from the Minister for Education that they will come in and uh, uh, help us to renovate Meperson Kizito Senior High School. He made this promise in Parliament. Uh, our records have captured it. Uh, it remains a promise. Uh, as we speak, I have had to use my funds to buy paint, to mobilise painters, and paying them from my pocket. We are doing the renovations also because we sent so many uh, reminders, and it's as if we are becoming a nuisance. We are disturbing the Ministry of Education and the GES. So we have had to from our own buy paint, mobilize painters. Uh, We've also uh, mobilized a fumigation company to help us do fumigation. Meanwhile, my first St. Kizito Senior High School was the place that really helped the majority of people uh, who were stranded. That's where uh, they were held for several weeks. Because of that, the students even had to stay at home for eight weeks when their peers across the country were in school. No compensation whatsoever has come for Senkezito. I would have thought that for the sacrifices that Senkezito has made, in the process they've lost a lot of furniture. Okay. There's a pressure on the amenities. Government will come through for them. That is not happening. You know, Even the VRA, they promised, Uh, that they will spend 20 million cities on this uh, response
6: must be at least 18 years old. Promo code, location, and other restrictions apply. See terms of use for details. Please play responsibly. Call 800 426 2537 for help. Think you know sports? Then try to turn your sports knowledge into real money with the Sleeper app, the ultimate fantasy sports app that can turn game day into payday with up to a 100 times payout and your first deposit matched up to $500. Just download the Sleeper app and pick your favorite sports and players, like Christian McCaffrey's rushing yards. With more stats than any sports app, just check. Choose two or more of your favorite players, from pregame, live, or even across different sports. Pick more or less from the predicted stats, and ka You could win up to 100 times your money if your pick wins. With the Sleeper app, you can make picks anytime, even after the game starts, with up to 100 times payout. What are you waiting for? Download Sleeper today!
1: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.
6: And unlock one of the fastest growing fantasy sports apps in the world. Just go to the App Store, download the Sleeper app today, and use code SPORTS for up to $500 match on your first deposit. That's promo code SPORTS.
5: What we have seen, apart from the tanks they brought in and uh, uh, VRA bus is initially helping to take children to school, uh, which they have withdrawn now, I would not quantify what they have done. I would really be shocked to hear that uh, what VRA has done is even up to half of that amount so a lot of promises uh, but but nothing uh really in terms of uh, actualization has has been met uh, has been met on the ground or can be felt on the ground and let me also add that i remain in total shock that the contingency vote which should be used for emergencies like this and we approved 533 million Ghana cities in the 2023 budget. So we don't have to wait for the allocation in 2024, where the government will argue that they are now trying to mobilize, you know, revenue, and so we should hold on to the mobilized revenue to collect our taxes. In the contingency vote, we could have found money to intervene. The last time they were using the contingency vote to build a national cathedral, you know v- v- uh. v- v- c- uh, v- v- incredible so you don't get the sense that uh, this matter is receiving the priorities the agency that it deserves from government and the honest truth must be told
2: i am grateful to you Member of parliament for north town samuel now becoming in studios because i need this question answered Going into the future, I mean, there's a point you made. I don't know if his parliamentary probe solves the problem you had asked for—an independent probe uh, into this matter. And of course, the is the parliamentary probe an answer to your recommendation that a certain independent probe of a sort is required to go into what really happened? And you say, of course. Uh, I'm also asking whether this implies there's potential negligence anyway. Yes. (laughs) I try to stay clear out of the law.
3: Whether it should be normal probe or criminal probe. Okay. But it's very, very important as a nation that we get to know what happened Uh and what didn't happen. What could or should have happened. That is what the probe should be about. Okay. Learning lessons and trying to establish our own best practices for the future. Then if we think we cannot waste all of these monies that are being mentioned for nothing, if there has been negligence on the part of anybody involved in managing the Akoso border, they must be held to account. You see it. Unless you do the probe, now, the area is going to internalize it. And as of now, nobody has accepted blame. Yeah, that's true. You see? But we cannot manage the Akosombo Dam like that. I'm suggesting that we need smart technologies. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned Not just ordinary um, floating, whatever, that monitor, the levels. and We yeah. need those that are digitalized. Then we need to add AI. I try to call Ghana Met, having been able to meet them. But Ghana Met, as the agency that needs to give us the near-perfect forecast upon which um, VRA will base its decisions on, on spilling the water, we need to get Ghana Met to go AI, access to AI, so that the predictions that they give will be near-accurate. Okay. Then VRA adds you know, its own dimensions of, managing, but even that they also need AI. The water pressure, the wind direction, the temperature of the water, the speed of the flow. All of these can be monitored using analog and other semi-electronic devices. But this disaster must tell us that we need to invest in AI in order that in real time the AI architecture will be Feeding information upon which DRA can make real-time decisions. If we don't do that, and that's why I ended the paper or the introduction um, that I put on LinkedIn. If we lose this time, Ghana is going to return to the Middle Ages. Really, I'm telling you.
2: Is that not? Uh,
3: no, a it's not a that. done it. Look, with 40% hydro mm-hmm. and 60% thermal, okay. we are in debt. Yeah, we can pay. Now, if this dam goes off, that 40% of electricity goes. Now, we need fully 100% gas and yeah. crude. Yeah. And we can afford. And we're struggling with our gas. Then yeah. the volume of the water spilled into the ocean is going to create coastal erosion and worsen the, the current state of coastal erosion. Now, there's a research paper that I've read which shows that of Ghana, I mean the total land mass or area, 7% is coastal. So when we say coastal, we are not talking of Labadi. It's from Labadi probably to Nsawam. Okay. Because we all depend, you know, on... It's 7% of the land mass. And then, is it a quarter, a certain percentage of the population actually along the coast? So the 33, how many millions are we in Accra? 11? Yes. Yes. It's part of the coastal area. Tema is part of it. All the areas from Elubo all the way to uh, our border on the the Togo border.
2: Interesting. So
3: it's going to have very dire consequences. Fortunately, we have scholars who have come out of UK and UST. In fact, who have written hydrological, seismic, whatever papers. They're all sitting on the internet. Then we have Cape Coast University, also, which has a center on some management of coastal erosion and whatever it is. The question is, how are we as a state, as a people, making use of this body of knowledge? This
2: paper, have you shared with the government officials? Because I'm interested in how far this is going and what their reaction is supposed to be. I tried getting some, but there wasn't really a response yet. Well, I didn't share it, but I'm aware that government has access to it.
3: In fact, government has a copy. Okay. Yes. Have they gotten back to you on it? They have gotten back. Have they given you feedback on it? Not a feedback, but I've been invited to a certain forum. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where possibly we would
2: be discussing some of these aspects. Well, that is interesting. I I need to wrap up this conversation. And if Dr. Norman is still alive, I'll be taking final words from you, Doc. perhaps we have actually lost Dr. Norman on the well very much briefly if you're unable to reach out to uh Dr. Norman I'm coming back in studio Mm. the yes Dr. Ismail Norman if you can hear me yeah I can yes it's about going forward forgive me because I I have a short time left on the conversation going into the future in a minute or so what do we do to make sure that this does not happen again or we are prepared and properly positioned to do this in the future well.
4: I'm not that optimistic, Reman. It will happen again and again and again. Oh. Because this is how we are. Oh, yes. And I would like this the, the society, society also to know how we train people at the master's and bachelor's level in disaster risk management. All right, oh, So it's not just Cape Coast University and KNUST. Mm. Mm. And how many people from Natal have enrolled? Oh, well, that, that's an nah. interesting development. So you see... Yes. The, 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 I think there's one or two who are doing it on their own, secretly, because they found out that they are studying, they will send them, or they will they will, they will they will send them to another location where they can attend classes. I need to slip Actually, this going thing forward, Raymond. Yes. Yes, yeah, please, go ahead. Going forward, Raymond, we are going to have a very tough time even if we learn from the, the, the Comfort that is going to assess what we did and didn't do, we are not going to learn from it.
2: We will shelve it the moment the discussions are over. Well, I want to enlarge this going forward conversation. We have elections this year. Already, uh, the chief of uh, uh, army staff, is worried about the people attacking for positions on the police front too. There appears to be a fight or some attack on the on the IGP of assault. Are we really properly positioned in terms of security-wise to deal with these issues? Is that the Dr. Army? Norman? No, I'm starting with you in studio from army <laughs> Studio. To yeah. the yes, I think
3: <laughs> I think we 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 are ready, and we would be more ready. Now my sense is that ordinarily, there shouldn't be any violence. So we rather need to look at the sources of electoral violence okay. and address them. Not to be the sources chief are of no, no. The sources are political. Okay. So if we can get the political stakeholders to desist from using violence to interfere in the electoral process. The army will be where, or the armed forces and the police will be where they are. But the unfortunate thing, looking at the the committee that looked into the IGP's thing, if you have men and women in uniform who have sworn allegiance to parties, that they will use their own good offices to the extent possible to get their parties to come to power.
2: It's a lost game. And that's where the problem is. Gentlemen, I'm grateful for our time this evening and many thanks to you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching our front tonight. It's been an exciting a conversation about how we deal or we dealt with the problem of Kosovo dam spillage and our preparedness for the future. Thank you so much for watching our front. Welcome.